coming up on the Middle Class VO Podcast. And I said, hey, guys, can I offer a suggestion? And they said, sure, what you got? And I said, what about... <laughs> and every, every head in the room lifted up immediately. The room got very animated. And I'm sitting there like, oh, no, I did something wrong. Just an email away. Corporate lyrics and tell us what to say. Explain a video, image and radio. Slang a local car is reading. I'll be always nowhere. Ain't no stars. No, we're the middle class VO podcast. The middle class VO podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are so excited. He, he can't wait. We have got a great guest on the uh, program today. You know him from his video game work in World of Warcraft, Shadowlands, among others. You know him from the Tom and Jerry Show, Chip and Dale's Nutty Tales, and others. And you know him for his outstanding Emmy Award-winning voice performance for playing Donald Duck. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Daniel Ross. We're not worthy. Now, I knew he was going to. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me. It's going great, Daniel. Thanks so much for joining us on the Middle Class VO podcast today. And we had the honor of meeting you and working with you in Switzerland this past September. And we've been wanting to get you on the program, and we've got you now. And we're going to make this as efficient as possible. We're going to tease a cold read challenge. We got that coming up with Daniel. He has graciously agreed to do a cold read challenge with us today. But, Daniel, you're an inspiration, man. When we worked with you at uh, the JMC retreat in Switzerland, we were just thrilled and we got a lot out of your program there. Uh, besides being an excellent voice actor, Daniel is also coaching now and then when his time is available. But I want to talk first about your story because you told me an inspirational story about how you got into voice acting in Los Angeles. You, you, you took a risk and you left the D.C. area. Would you tell us about that, please? Of course. And first of all, thank you again for the really warm introduction. Um, you know, I started out as a perspiration and I guess now I'm an inspiration. So I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in the, the Maryland, uh, D.C., Baltimore area. And, um, you know, that's kind of where where everything began. And uh, I, I loved the theater. I loved studying Shakespeare. I was a thespian for many years. I did all the school plays and musicals did forensic competitions. Uh, I really loved the performing arts. That was something that was uh, a, a real escape for me and something that I just loved tremendously. The, the art of making movies and theater, it was just pure magic. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a storyteller. So uh, yeah, in college, uh, my degree was musical theater before I dropped out and decided I wanted to pursue film and TV. And I became, you know, essentially a professional extra uh, in the D.C. Baltimore area for different shows that were coming through, things like The Wire, movies like oh, Head of State oh. with Chris Rock, Ladder 49 with John Travolta. And, you know, I do some stand-in work here and there. And Not a bad living. I mean, it's not something you can make a living doing. It's more, oh, okay. more like a hobby, you know, when, when you're kind of you know mixing <laughs> it up at that level. But it was something I, I wanted to do regardless. And so... Uh, you know, Ladder 49 got me my SAG card, got me into the union, um, but I was doing independent films and uh, my best friend and I, we were watching Clerks 2 one day and the whole theme was, hey, we should buy the Quick Stop. And we looked at each other and we're like, we should make our own movies. Mm -hmm. And so we maxed oh. out credit cards and, and did everything we could. And we made this amazingly schlocky horror comedy called Ninjas vs. Zombies. 
And we followed it up with ninjas versus vampires and ninjas versus monsters. And before I knew it, I was a producer. I was producing films that were being internationally sold. But in my heart, I I always loved the idea of doing voice acting. Um, And so it was nothing that I had pursued until I did. And my first big gig was in 2007, voicing Starscream and Transformers the game. And that's where it all started. That's where it all began. I started going to conventions and meeting other voice actors. And I very quickly realized these people are like me. I found my tribe. Mm. And from that moment on, it just clicked. I I said, this is what I want to do. Let's pivot and let's jump into voiceover and see what happens. And uh, I'm very glad I did. And the story of you moving to from D.C. to L.A., real quick, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, that was your original question. I just said, let me talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about me. What do you think of me? Um, so, yeah, I, I found an opportunity in my life where I was just at this crossroads. I was either going to be a politician. Uh, I was going to run for state congress to help bring film credits back to the area. Or... I can move out to Los Angeles and say goodbye to my friends and family and my life as I knew it. And I just said to myself, you know, how many opportunities do you get? How many chances are you going to get? Are you going to regret it for the rest of your life if you don't try? And so I said, all right, let's let's make it happen. Uh, and I, I saved up enough money. I had a plan. I drove cross country to get to Los Angeles and uh it's just been quite the journey that was uh, in 2014. So it's been many, many years and I'm still here and I'm still doing what I love. So have you always been the type of person that has all these voices in their head and, and just, a, you know, a cut up? Or are you like, you know, the, the funny guy at school? Have, have you always been like that? Oh, I've always been the class clown. I love, you know, grabbing as many laughs as I can from people because that's the kind of environment I like to be around. I like it when people are jovial and having a good time. And if I can facilitate that, even better, even better. But yeah, I was always class clown and, you know, doing impressions and impersonations, accents, getting into all kinds of mischief and trouble, you know, prank phone calls and that sort of thing, (laughs) Uh, imitating my teachers to get out of class or, you know, tell my parents that I was doing good in school, you know, that kind of stuff. Using my powers for evil. (laughs) Well, I I like to say I'm using my superpowers for good. Didn't you get some of your inspirations, too, from some of your coworkers in uh, the retail environment, the big box retail environment? Absolutely. When you're when you're a voice actor, you are constantly listening, you know, much like, you know, on camera actors, they they are people watching, they're observing different behaviors and different mannerisms. It's the same thing, but just a different focus. For me, it was about the voices. And so I would listen very intently. And yeah, when I was in retail, I I came across so many different characters and some individuals that I've you know, used or 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 tweaked different voices to to have a flavor of, um, but yeah, just the whole thing about uh, voice acting is listening and and making it your own. Give it a bop, bop, bop. Wow. So what's a, what's a typical workday like for you in animation and gaming? I mean, is it is it auditioning all the time? Tell us how your day goes. I would say there really is no typical day. <laughs> Every day is different. Um, I kind of like it that way. Um, you know, some days I wake up and I've got, you know, 20 auditions in my inbox that I have to get to. So I wake up, I do my auditions and I go to sleep. And that's my day. Some days I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in the studio and I give it my all and then I'm exhausted 
Some days I'm even more fortunate and I have maybe two or three sessions in a day um, and still have to come home and audition and take care of my bird buddy and, you know, still have a life outside of that. Feed myself, brush my teeth, you know, use the, the toinette. Um, those are all things that have to incorporate. And sometimes I have to check myself and go, Daniel, it's time to go to the bathroom. You have to go. It's been five hours. It's been five hours. So every day is different. And I, and I love the variety. In it. Oh, so you don't work from home uh, voice uh, wise. You don't have a studio at home. You go out for all the sessions. It really depends. During the pandemic, I had no choice. I was working from home. I, I retrofitted, you know, my setup to be able to, uh, you know, record movies, TV shows, video games. So, yeah, my setup is is uh, I, I can do that from home. But, you know, sometimes they request you in the studio. And now that we're a bit more comfortable doing that, um, there are certain, you know, stipulations in place about, you know, wearing masks and everything. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, but yeah, occasionally I still go into the studio, but it really just depends on uh, who's asking. Yeah, I was doing a little show prep, Daniel. You'll, you'll probably have been told this or seen it, but um, I was on Google and was looking at your IMDb page. And you know how Google has all the popular questions that are asked of whatever topic you're putting in there. And it's, how much does Daniel Ross make? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, of course I clicked on it. <laughs> but I think that was from like 2019 or something like that. But that's when you know you made it, right? What they have. <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It said 645K. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> I wish. You know, I, listen, I am very fortunate to be able to say I'm a working actor. I'm able to support myself, keep a roof over my head, feed myself. But I, I not, nowhere near that. <laughs> I wish maybe in the future. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just I'm waiting for the next job. I'm maybe waiting for the next adventure and I'm auditioning. I'm hungry. Uh, but, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not comfortable yet. <laughs> Maybe the halo, uh, effect from the Emmy win will help propel you in that direction. And, and let's talk about that a second. Let's, could you tell us the category and about the performance and the feeling of winning an Emmy? Oh my goodness. Um, well, the category for the children's and family Emmys, it was the very first children's and family Emmys was outstanding performance in a preschool animated program. Nice. Uh, and I won for Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas, which was uh, my curtain call as Donald. Um, oh. I don't currently voice the character. I voiced him from 2015 until 2021, uh, starting with Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Mixed Up Adventures, and, you know, my, my show's ended. Um, so so my, my turn with the character uh, ended with Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas. And it was, I got to back up here a little bit. Um, my my mom taught me how to do the Donald Duck voice when I was three years old. Really? Wow. <laughs> that was something that was really special between the two of us. It was kind of our love language. Oh. And uh, I, I always share this, but my mom would tuck me in at night and she would say, Oh, Daniel, I love you so much. And oh. I would say, Oh, I love you too. And no matter what was going on in our lives, we could always cheer each other up a little bit with a little quacking. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, cancer touched our lives and my mom had cancer and, uh, you know, Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas was the last thing that we saw together. Oh, and so the win for the Emmy, just the nomination, the nomination itself was more than I could have ever asked for. I never thought that I'd be able to associate the, the word Emmy with my name. 
in the first place, uh, let alone for such an amazing character that is known the world over that people love. I, I never thought that would be the trajectory uh, when I sent in that audition for the first time. And so uh, to be able to honor my mom and her creative legacy, she was an artist. She would draw, she would sculpt and paint. So every day I would come home, I'd share with her, you know, my my exploits on, you know, on stage. And she would show me what she was working on. And we always connected that way. So she was my inspiration and uh, supported me the whole way through. And again, to just honor her in that moment in front of a room filled with the people who are who are constructing what will be the, the fabric of the social dynamic for, for generations to come, the joy, the solace, the, the childhood memories, all in one room. And I got to be in that room. That's so Let cool. alone climb up on the stage and, you know, hobble through an acceptance speech, which I, I just, I, I checked out at that moment. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even believe where I was. Um, you know, fortunately, the lights kind of blind you a little bit, but I see Lawrence Fishburne in the audience. I see wow. LeVar Burton, America Ferreira. All my peers and colleagues are staring at me, and uh, I'm very pleased that um, uh, I, I, I stayed uh, uh, continent. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be incontinent. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> right? In that very moment. Oops, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Where do you go after winning an Emmy? What, what's, what's Daniel's next goal? I mean, gosh. Well, you know, the official thing is I have to say, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I never thought again, that this would happen. I never planned for it. So to be on the other side of it, uh, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and a lot of questioning of what it is that I want to do. I love what I do. I I still love auditioning. I want to continue being a voice actor. I would like to get back to producing either some films or jumping into animation production, you know, maybe being a showrunner at some point. I think that would be very gratifying. But I'll tell you, I really love teaching. I really, really wow. love teaching. I, I remember being in the position that I was when I first started, not knowing what I was doing, and the people that supported me, uh, the David Sobolovs, the Debbie Derryberries, the Bob Bergens, you know, who, who were there for me at every step of the way to answer any questions and support me and give me, you know, positive reinforcement and advice. I, I want to do that for other people. You got to pay it forward. So... I love just tossing the ladder down and saying, come on, everybody, let's do this together. If I can be of some help, then then let me use that knowledge for good uh, uh, to help whoever's you know going to be coming up next. That's get worthy. Love that. And you've got such an inspirational story and I've heard it before, but I think it would be a benefit our listeners to hear the story about how you secured the character, Donald Duck, and you swung for the fences. You were in a callback. Could you tell us that story, please? Yes. Oh, my gosh. My very first time going to Disney. It was a Disney TV animation. uh, And again, I was just through the moon like, oh, my gosh, Disney wants to see me. You know, you're you're a voice actor just starting out. You want to work for anybody and everybody. But Disney's calling. (laughs) I, I was through the moon excited and I couldn't believe it. So I'm sitting in the parking lot just trying to, like, psych myself up, like, don't. You know, the Eminem's, you know, song, you better lose yourself in the moment. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about. In fact, I think I even played that song. Um, 
you know, and, and I'm like, don't throw up, don't throw up. You got this, you got this. And I'm walking <laughs> in those, those hallowed halls and I, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be there. And I get to the waiting room and I'm surrounded by celebrities, other people in the voiceover industry. It's a veritable who's who. And some people recognized me and came to say hello. Other people were focused on their job. And, uh, you know, if I wasn't nervous already, <laughs> uh, I'm talking top tier, you know, talent in that room that I was sharing air with. And uh, then they called me and I got in there and there's like 20 people on the other side of the glass. And little old me, uh, green behind the ears voice actor trying to make it in the biz. And uh, they're like, okay, what you got? And so we went through a pre-scripted uh, uh, phase of the callback where I, I was reading from a script. And then they just wanted to test me and see if I could say different words. So, you know, they'll say, uh, Daniel, can you say ridiculous? Okay, sure. Okay, can you try this or can you try that? And we're going through all these different words. And I'm fairly confident in my ability to to use buckle speech, which is the technical term for Donald Duck talk. I can say just about anything in any language, any word you give me. I can I can say it. And so they're giving me all these words. And I'm like, hey, guys, can I offer a suggestion? Now, mind you, everybody behind the glass, most people, their heads are buried in their notebooks. They don't look interested. I'm really nervous. I'm like, oh, they don't like me already. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I said, hey, guys, can I offer a suggestion? And they said, sure, what you got? And I said, what about... <laughs> and every, every head in the room lifted up immediately. The room got very animated. And I'm sitting there like, oh, no, I did something wrong. Uh, quite the contrary. Uh, my producers uh, later told me that was the moment they knew that I was going to book that job. Yes. Really? We had another callback. We had another callback. I had to sing a song. I discovered I could sing in vibrato with Donald's voice. And uh, and they welcomed me to the team and, and my life changed forever. Wow. That's, That's a, a lesson story. learned, isn't it? Yeah. Like swing for the fences. Who cares? You know, you got nothing to lose. You don't have the job. Swing for the fences and see if you get it. So that has been my my driving through line through everything that has happened to me in my life, it's because I took a chance. It's because when my self-doubt jumped in and said, no, you can't do this, I said, why not? Let me try. And I've been rewarded almost every single time. The first time that happened was with Transformers the Game back in 2007. Um, I had heard that Elijah Wood created a video of himself in the woods reciting lines from Lord of the Rings for Peter Jackson. And so I thought, well, hey, what if I did the same with the Transformers? But, you know, CGI, I can't do that. I don't have a budget. What could I do? What could I do? I had lots of artist friends, my mom included, and I created a comic book that featured myself in a story with the Transformers. I sent that to Michael Bay. I sent that to Spielberg. And I got an audition. I got an audition for Transformers the movie, which, by the way, I am a huge Transformers fan. I've collected my whole life. I have Cybertronian ink on me. Uh, I'm a big Transformers fan. So the fact that I got to audition was all I wanted. That was all I wanted. Then I got a call from Activision saying, hey, you want to uh, be the lead character in our video game? And I said, yes, yes, please, thank you. Uh, and so Starscream happened. <laughs> Decepticons, make for the rendezvous point. The old spark will soon be ours. 
And that was that was my first big dream come true, my big foray into voice acting. And my the first time I discovered this is what I want to do. It set me on that journey to meet people, um, even up to the point where I quit my job. I, I had been working in big box retail uh, for 10 years. I worked at Target. I was a manager. And um, when I moved to Los Angeles, I decided to work overnights, which was the hardest job from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., like Ooh. every single day. But my days were free. I could audition. I could network. I could go to parties. I could do whatever. I would just be exhausted. And so I did that uh, until I started booking work. And at the point that my gut started telling me, Daniel, it's time to move on. Oh, man, I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm giving up my health care. I'm giving up my regular paychecks. I'm, yeah. I am going into the unknown and I'm terrified. I said my goodbyes. I quit my job. I'm driving off the parking lot at 8 a.m. exhausted and terrified. And my agent calls and says, you booked Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charm Cereal. Ooh. I had to pull my car over because it was like, oh, I, I got lucky. What? I got lucky. <laughs> and I couldn't help but feel the same kind of resonance with, you know what? You listen to your gut. When your gut tells you it's time to jump, you say how high. And that was the reward that I had in that moment. And Donald followed not long thereafter. So I know I made the right choice. Coming to L.A. was the right choice. Deciding to quit my job, it was the right choice. Uh, I'm not always right, but I like to look into those little instances uh, where, you know, I didn't think I could and I did. Now that people are getting back into the studio in L.A., is it still kind of true that most animation, gaming work, you have to live out there? Or has that totally changed with home studios? That's a great question. Um, I am of the opinion that you do have to be here. Now, why? Why do I say that? First of all, we can do what we're doing right now. We can have conversations over podcasts. You can do, you can teach, you can do lessons over Zoom. You can do that from anywhere in the world at any time. That has opened up a whole bunch of resources to people who didn't have them before. You don't have to be in Los Angeles to train, but you gotta be here to shake some hands, kiss some babies, make eye contact, go do lunch, go do coffee. <laughs> you, have to, you have to meet the people who are in the industry because it's, it's not about your talent. It's about who you are. Do people like you? Do they want to work with you? What is it about you that that's that's special? So I'm not out here, you know, going and doing coffee and selling myself. I just want to get to know people. And yeah. so I don't think you have the luxury of doing that from anywhere in the world. I do think you have to be here for that. Excellent. Well, Daniel, we're going to get you on a, a cold read challenge here in just a second, if you don't mind. Um also, I just put it into Google, type it in now that uh, we've been on the podcast for a few minutes. You're at 655K for the year now. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. So, oh, man, I'm going to spend it all at once. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Um, we're going to get Daniel Ross on a cold read challenge in the genre of animation. Daniel, if you would, pull up your email and then pull up the PDF, and just read aloud the brief and then the direction for the read and then dive into the read. And whatever you want to do with it, that's what we're here for. Cold Read Challenge. 
Okay, so I'm going to walk you through my process just like I do for my students sure. awesome. uh, when I'm coaching. So first and foremost, I, I know you guys can't see this if you're listening, but I have a picture of somebody in front of a door. They're a stick figure, and they look to have a hair. They look to have uh, hair that would be uh, of of let's say the Karen genre, uh, very Karen, <laughs> blonde, you know, short, you know, right around the chin area. But it's a, there's a stick figure, so he's standing in front of a door. I have to be honest. I, there's not much I can really glean from this, but I always want to look at the picture first to see if okay. there's any information that's not going to. Uh, uh, dissuade me from what, what what's being read. All right, the name of the character is Jake. He's male. Okay, great. 18 to 25. I'm going to skip the description, and I am going to read the script in a monotone voice. Okay. Uh, so bear with me. Sure. Winning that ticket, Rose, was the best thing that ever happened to me. It brought me to you, and I'm thankful for that, Rose. I'm thankful. You must do me this honor. You must promise me that you'll survive, that you won't give up no matter what happens, no matter how hopeless. Promise me now, Rose, and never let go of that promise. Never let go. Okay. Now, the reason I do that is because um, when I jump into the studio, I don't want to be tripping over the words. I want to have some basic muscle memory. Sure. So I always read in a monotone voice just to get the enunciation. And also, if there's anything I can glean from the script itself, that maybe the description might lead me astray with. So I've got some ideas of who this <clears throat> Jake individual is. <laughs> but now I'm going to read the description. Jake is a young man in love with the sea. Oh, really? Oh, more, more than he's going to know. A little on the dumber side, he is friendly and overly passionate about whatever has caught his attention at any given moment. Despite living most of his youth and teen years on the bright, sunny shores of Florida, he misses the frigid temperatures of chilly Wisconsin, where he was born. Jake loves to surf and gamble, his signature sandy look uh, being topped off by his iconic door-shaped surfboard. Ah, it's a door, it's a surfboard. All right. During a long and grueling surf competition in the Gulf of Maine, Jake loses his doorboard to the sea, which disqualifies him. As he's leaving the competition, he comes across the sand crab he taped a bright blue poker chip to at the beginning of the competition. This is his heartfelt farewell to the best friend he ever had, Rose the Crab. <laughs> oh, man, I really hope I don't sink this cold read. <laughs> it's it's a titanic ass. That's really what, I, what I'm going to say here. Very big ask of you. Um, so uh, with that said, uh, you know, he's, he's from Wisconsin. You know, he's probably he's a surfer guy. So I'm probably going to put a little affectation there with the blonde hair. And I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. Oh, man. Winning that ticket, Rose, was the best thing that ever happened to me. It, it brought me to you. And I'm thankful for that, Rose. I'm thankful. You, you must do me this honor. You must promise me that you'll survive, that you won't give up no matter what happens, no matter how hopeless. Promise me now, Rose, and never let go of that promise. Never, ever, ever, dude, never, never, ever, please, dude, let go. Okay, Rose, promise me. And and, and here's some old bay seasoning in case you want to take a bath later. <laughs> That's brilliant, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. And that's how you win an Emmy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> good, good stuff. Guys. Thank you.
Yes, thank you, man. Thanks for doing that. It's uh, such a great pleasure to have you on the Middle Class VO Podcast. And and, and if you want to briefly talk about your, because Bobby and I both sat in with you uh, in Switzerland and got some, oh, some amazing time crunch work put in with you about animation and gaming, and we loved it. Tell us about your coaching a little bit. And and you're going to be at VOA, right? You're going to be at VoiceOver That's Atlanta? That's right. Yeah. I will be at VoiceOver Atlanta. I have an X session, uh, so I'll be teaching, and I'm very excited about that. Um, I believe tickets are still available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'll be at VoiceOver Atlanta, and I offer private coaching. It's not really something that I've advertised, but I, I guess I'm starting to now. Um, it was really just because people were asking me, hey, could you help me read or can you help me find an agent or help me listen to the demo? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of busy, so let's schedule a time. Uh, but yeah, so so I do offer that. I offer them in two different increments, half hour and hour increments. Uh, if you just have questions about the voiceover industry, want me to listen to a demo, want me to uh, guide you through an audition, that's what I would suggest the 30 minutes for. If you want to dive into a script, Uh, Just kind of like what we did here. And uh, I like to say be a journalist and discover all the little pieces that are behind the words. Uh, That's what we do with an hour session. I don't have a curriculum. It's really based on the needs of whoever is coming to me. And uh, I just hope that I can help in any way I can. And where can they reach you? Yes, I should have mentioned that. Uh, You can find (laughs) all that info and book me at actordanielross.com. And in fact, I hope you follow me on social media, too. You can find me as actor Daniel Ross across social media. I've got a great TikTok. I've got a Twitter, Instagram, the Facebookies, all those wonderful things. Uh, I'll make you laugh. I'll make you cry. You should stop on by. (laughs) He's starting to sound like Jake from the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Stop on by and and bring some old bay with you. (laughs) Oh, voice actor, producer, coach. Daniel Ross, thanks for your time, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye, so everybody. fun. So <laughs> fun. See you at BOA. Oh, we're the middle class VO podcast. Middle class VO.